Delicious meets nutritious in the snack that packs a real protein punch, wonderful pistachios. Each one-ounce serving of wonderful pistachios has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value and making wonderful pistachios one of the highest protein nuts. But perhaps more than that, I love all of the flavors they have. Their sea salt and vinegar ones are my favorite when I'm craving that flavor but want to keep it healthy. But that's just the tip of the iceberg. Wonderful pistachios come in a variety of flavors, like chili roasted, honey roasted, smoky barbecue, and jalapeno lime, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. Whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. So fill up with a healthy snack when hunger strikes. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. That's wonderfulpistachios.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is Optimal Health Daily, episode 612, and I'm Dr. Neil. Welcome back to another edition of Optimal Health Daily, or welcome for the first time if you're new here. This is the podcast where I usually act as your very own personal narrator and read to you from some of the most popular health and fitness blogs online. But this week is different though. It's Thanksgiving week here in the US, and so I'm giving thanks to Melanie Young. Okay, hang on, let me explain. So a few weeks back, I had written a piece for my employer, Bastyr University, where I discussed foods as they related to immune health. Now, the story was picked up by various media outlets, and I was asked as a result to be a guest on Fearless Fabulous You with Melanie Young, who's a certified health coach and author. Now get this, her show is all about inspiring and empowering others on health, wellness, and nutrition. So what a perfect fit, right? You can always find Melanie's show on demand at iHeartRadio.com and everywhere the iHeartRadio app is available. You can also find her on social media. You could tweet her at Mighty Melanie or find her on Instagram at Melanie Fabulous. So again, a very big thank you to Melanie Young and her team. So with that, let's hear part two of the interview as we optimize your life. I also want to point out before we get to food that the other one besides, you know, on the other side of the coin, there's exercise and movement, but there's also rest. I feel that without a good night's sleep or not even a good night's sleep, a quality night's sleep, that all the movement in the world won't work and keep me up, up in, up in my game on unless I also counter it with appropriate rest. Let's talk about that. Yes, Absolutely. And, um, you know, there was this book that I happened to be reading and I love that they, they've mentioned this equation. I thought it was just so perfect. They said stress plus rest equals growth. And I think that says it perfectly because when you're exercising, you're stressing the body, but without adequate rest, you won't experience that growth that you're looking for. And so rest is tremendous. It helps the immune system. It resets our brains. It allows us to process things. We need 
actually not just rest, we need sleep, deep sleep mm-hmm. in order to really recover. Exactly. Think of it this way. It's recharge with exercise and movement and reset with sleep and rest. Right. Absolutely. And, yeah. and it is quality sleep because lying there and, and pretending to sleep while you're thinking about all the things you need to do the next day is not quality sleep. And I, really have worked really hard to change my own schedule to try to be in bed by a certain time. I am lucky I work from home, so I don't have to set an alarm. I just naturally wake up and that makes a world of difference. Um, obviously for anyone listening, if you have to be somewhere, um, you know, for a job and you got to get the kids to school and you got to get up early, then it's a matter of maybe adjusting your clock to go to bed earlier and skip some of the late night shows and things like that. So in between rest and recharge, exercise and sleep, we have the rest of the day. And um, I won't get into time management. That's another aspect, but let's do talk about food. Um, I find that food is kind of like the lubricant <laughs> between rest mm-hmm. and restart. It's the lubricant mm-hmm. along with liquid, um, but it's it's what lubricates you to move and energizes you and also can help you sleep or not sleep. Um, and there are so many um, diets and books and claims and, oh, my God, out there. I'd like to kind of dive into it this way we you know obviously we want to talk about keeping your immune system up your immune system is basically your overall well-being because if your immune system is strong you're less likely to get sick which means you're more likely to be well okay so it's your well-being um can specific types of foods boost your immune system or is it more about how you eat versus what you eat or both yeah, I would say it's actually uh, both. And what we're learning is I like to kind of think of the immune system as something you don't want. You don't want it to be too hyperactive, and yet you don't want it to be too lethargic either. And right. so what we're, what we're learning is some foods help modulate the immune system better than others. And so if we think of it like a thermostat, um, Again, I'm so going to borrow your your car metaphor for from what we've been talking about, but I'll, I'll deviate here. And talk about a, a thermostat. We when, when we're when we what well, we want is the immune system when we're exposed to something that's potentially harmful. We want the immune system to turn up the heat, but we don't want it to turn up the heat so much that it becomes uncomfortable and damaging. And so some foods can help modulate and and prevent that thermostat from getting too hot. So give us some examples. Yeah, so um, what's really interesting is for the longest time, mushrooms were considered uh, kind of a useless food, believe it or not. Folks didn't understand if they had really any nutrient value. We knew it had some vitamin D in it, but what we're actually finding is it may be a great immune modulator along with carrying some important vitamins and minerals. And so um, basically it helps, mushrooms may help our immune system communicate and tell it to, okay, slow down. You don't need to get too hot here. Just slow down and we'll take care of it. We'll, we'll get rid of the pathogen. And that way we won't cause damage to any healthy cells. 
So mushrooms you would call a cooling food, which is very interesting. Um, in fact, I've, I've read that clinical research says that it does improve immune system in cancer patients who are receiving care, chemotherapy and radiation. I do want to ask you, what about these, um, I'm going to call them magic mushrooms, and I don't mean the ones that have um, this, whatever that crazy acid is in them, but the ones that are adaptogens. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been pitched, and I actually did a show a couple years ago on the Chinese um, adaptogen mushrooms. Can we kind of explain the difference? Yeah. um, Well, some of the uh, adaptogenic mushrooms are Mm -hmm. of uh, different species. And Mm -hmm. so uh, it, of course, depends on the the source. Uh, For example, if it's coming from a manufacturer, they may use different species of mushrooms than maybe a naturopath would who's kind of making them Mm in-house. And so um, what we've studied, what, what I've seen is there are, five types of mushrooms um, that are typically used as adaptogenic. Um, but the problem we encountered that, well, the, that I've seen is that we don't know the adequate dose or how right. often they should be consumed. And so that's still an area of research, but um, some, there are some data to support that it can be effective. Absolutely. And I think that the key is there hasn't been enough um, research and data yet to to completely uh, put it all into perspective, but it, it shows promise, we'll just say. I'd like to talk yeah. about a couple of foods that are, you know, they they must have a publicity uh, marketing campaign behind them. Because do, <laughs> do you remember back in the day when everybody was talking about avocados? It's because the avocado board was, you know, really on it. Well, this is happening now with certain foods. Um, let's start with turmeric. You know, back, I'd say maybe three years ago, nobody knew what turmeric was. Now it's everywhere. I have powders, I have milks, I have golden tea, mm. this and that. Let's talk about, and everybody, and a lot of the claims are it's anti-cancer. I also want to explain anti-cancer because that is a big term. Let's talk about what turmeric is and what it is not and the benefits. And then I want to explain uh, why anti-cancer could be a dangerous term. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, turmeric is technically, I, I guess we can call it a, a spice, and um, it it's kind of like a cousin to ginger, I would say. Um, and so the turmeric has been shown to basically be anti-inflammatory, which again tells the thermostat to say, okay, we don't need to get too hot. We want to we want to dial it back just a little bit. And so um, the value of that is we protect our healthy cells while at the same time allowing the immune system to do its thing. Mm-hmm. So uh, it basically prevents the immune system from being hyperactive and, uh, again, preserving those healthy cells that we may need to fight off those pathogens. Can you have too much turmeric? I mean, I, I sometimes think I'm going to turn orange. I mean, can you over – because I also want to talk about overdoing it because that's a concern. Yeah, so right now the consensus seems to be to to not go over about 2,000 milligrams per day. And and we're talking about um, turmeric in a powdered form. Mm-hmm. So uh, about 2,000 milligrams, which is a little less than a teaspoon uh, per day, is considered safe. Great point, because I think a lot of people are just overdoing it. The other one um, that everybody is talking about, well, there's a lot, um, cinnamon. Now, I love putting cinnamon in my coffee. I put cinnamon in my yogurt. I use cinnamon because I'm really trying to cut back on sugar, so I use cinnamon a lot as a kind of a another way to go besides um, sugar. Let's talk about the benefits of cinnamon and also um, what kind of cinnamon you should consider versus not. 
Yeah, so um, cinnamon may contain essential oils that actually have antimicrobial effects. So it, it may help reduce the amount of time we spend getting over the flu. So it kind of helps the immune system get rid of those pathogens for us. Um, but, you know, cinnamon sugar, that's a whole different story. So what we're talking about is just, you know, your, your ground cinnamon, but there are different types and different species of cinnamon, and that does make a difference. Well, it, you know, cinnamon is cinnamon, sugar is cinnamon and sugar, right? Right. <laughs> yeah, so you're exactly. having sugar. Well, while yeah. we're on the topic of sugar, let's talk about sugar because uh, I get pitched a lot and I get pitched again on a lot of claims. And one of the big ones is here's that word again, anti-cancer. First of all, mm-hmm. before we jump into it, I want to really dispel, explain why anti-cancer may not be the best term to use because then there's another side called pro-cancer and a lot of the claims are sugar causes cancer. Now, let's talk about that claim. Mm-hmm. So the the thought is, well, when we look at cancer cells in a lab, um, what we find, like in a test tube, what we find is that they seem to grow faster when exposed to sugar. And so um, the theory is that, well, if we consume a lot of sugar in our diets, and let's say we have a little cancer growth somewhere, that the cancer cells will feed on that sugar and be able to grow more rapidly and therefore leading to a more serious condition. The cells would metastasize and spread because we're basically fueling them. So that's where the idea comes from. But can you really say that it causes sugar? I mean, it causes cancer? Because that's really where I'm, I'm concerned is when um, people start saying things cause cancer. Like, you know, um, right. meat with nitrates cause cancer. I mean, isn't it true that what causes, nobody really can understand fully what causes cancers, but there are certain factors that can increase your risk. But cancer is just like this thing that just occurs and morphs in your system. And there are many causes. Obviously, smoking can be a direct cause of lung cancer, but many people don't smoke and get lung cancer. That's an example. Right. So you're exactly right in the sense that we cannot say that sugar or high sugar intake causes cancer. What studies have, have looked at is a correlation, meaning those that consume diets that are high in added sugars Mm-hmm. may have an increased risk, but the problem is there are a number of other factors that the studies don't account for. And so we can't truly say that high, a diet high in sugar will cause cancer. And in fact, exactly. with, can- with cancer, it's really interesting because some cells, cells react very differently. And so um, I know that there has been this theory that if one were to follow, let's say, a ketogenic diet, which is very low in carbohydrate and therefore very low in sugar, um, that you would starve cancer cells that way. But what we're learning is some cancer cells actually do quite well in a keto state. And so, and again, it just depends. And so to say very broadly that something is anti-cancer would be misleading. Exactly. And I think that's the point that I really wanted to drive home. When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it filters out incompatible applicants. So when you're hiring, the process is much faster and you only have to consider applicants that are already likely to be a great fit. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com health. Just go to indeed.com health right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com health. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So again, a very big thank you to Melanie and her team. It was such a pleasure to be on the show. I hope you stick around for the rest of the interview this week. And don't forget, on Friday, I'll still be answering your questions. Now, really quickly, before I go, if you wanna help keep our podcasts alive, we have many different ways you can help, both financial and otherwise. Come check out oldpodcast.com support to see how. Anything listed there would be a great help. All right, that's enough out of me for today. Have a great Tuesday. As soon as I finish this, I'm gonna continue my yearly Thanksgiving tradition and watch planes, trains, and automobiles. In the meantime, I will be back here tomorrow with part three of the interview. So I'll see you there where your optimal life awaits. Hello, Life Optimizer. This is Justin Mollick, creator and producer of this show and Optimal Living Daily, the brother podcast of this one. Literally, I'm Dr. Neil's brother. If you like the format of this show, you'll love Optimal Living Daily too, where I also read to you from blogs, but cover other topics like personal development, finance, and minimalism from bloggers like Derek Sivers, The Minimalists, Zen Habits, and many more. So for more amazing content read to you for free, come subscribe to Optimal Living Daily too, and together we'll optimize your life. You've been listening to Optimal Health Daily. Be sure to hit the subscribe button to stay up to date on each new episode and head to oldpodcast.com That's oldpodcast.com for a free gift, as well as more actionable tips and resources to help you maximize your potential. Thanks for joining us, and remember, your optimal life awaits.